guys, this is Thomas. This is Taylor. This is Ryan. And we're back again with another Three Dudes, One Blog. <laughs> Podcast. This week's podcast is for the week of November 7th, also known as Trump Day. (laughs) To celebrate the day that Overlord Trump was voted into office for the first and last time. Hopefully. Well, no, because from now on, he's just going to take it because it's Overlord Trump. Oh, I get it. No, yeah, because now he's just like Supreme Chancellor. This drink, I am am drinking America. From the redwood forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land is made for you and me. Liberty and justice for all. Thank you, really Trump, Overlord that. Trump. We, the people. <sighs> so, oh my God, it really says the whole thing. America, dude. Anyway. America. America. <clears throat> In other so, news. Yeah, I mean, BlizzCon happened. Yeah, so that was pretty exciting. Yeah, that was very exciting. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything interesting to say that's not politically charged. Um, how about the fact that the Sombra ARG ended at BlizzCon? Sombra. Sombra exists, and she's existing, and she's on the PTR, and you can go check her out. Well, that's part of a topic, so that's. Oh, are you like, just looking for news right now? I was just trying to. We usually now we like we do chat. like a little chat little before side beforehand. The division uh, patched everything. Oh my gosh! I want to play the division so bad now, <laughs> but I'm too busy climbing that sweet, sweet ladder to grandmaster. I got and lost a dog. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think we were gonna hit on that. I'm just making conversation at this it's, point, Thomas. It's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. I mean, I don't think it's that dark. Well, I sad, think you might. Fine. Well, the dog is not passed away. The dog, oh, yeah. no, the dog we, is okay. We got a puppy and we realized we weren't ready for kids. That's pretty much the whole story. So we took her back. There you go. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Okay. So I think last week Ryan won because he took the everlasting topic of Hearthstone and just said Hearthstone and then he won. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that I'm means gonna, you get to start. I, I'm going to get a start with this topic right, that I'm not even it. prepared for. But we're um, going to go. But we're just going to go for it. Um, so I'm going to talk about everybody's favorite type of game, first-person shooters. In what the about broad sense. Because we're kind of in the, the, the hot spot for the first-person shooters of everything first-person shooter you could ever want is coming out right now. Or is out. Uh Battlefield came out like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Titanfall came out two weeks ago. Call mm-hmm. of Duty came out last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rise of Iron came out like a month ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably some other game coming out like next week or something. There's one yeah. other game that came out this year that's really important. When's the new Gears come out? The Gears is already Gears out. Is already out, but oh. it's not really first person shooter, bro. Oh yeah, that's it's a, a third person. Point. Sorry, I was stuck in the shooter. Um, I think you might be forgetting a game. The Division. That's a third person. Yeah, it's also a third person shooter. Overwatch. Yeah, Overwatch. Overwatch. <laughs> I mean, that's a hero. This that's not really what I wanted to talk about. Okay. With this topic. I mean. We can bring it in because, like, I'm not really uh, the thing that I wanted to talk with is like roll with it. 
everything that I keep seeing right now is like the first person and like there there isn't an article explicitly talking about this. Like they're talking about individual games that I've seen. And so like everybody's hating on the first person genre in general right now. Okay. Oh of, really? Like, Battlefield came out to like decent reviews, mm-hmm. but like EA has had to slightly reduce sales expectations for that. Yeah. Um, then they had to like completely destroy sales expectations for Titanfall the following week. Yeah. Of like from like eight million down to like two million or something like ridiculous. If I remember. And now Call of Duty came out less than a week ago. It's only been out for like four or five days. Um, yeah. But like people are already saying like the only definitive numbers we have out are in Great Britain. Infinite Warfare is selling fifty percent less disc units than expected. Black Ops Three did. Oh, okay. uh-huh. um, well, I mean, I expect that <clears throat> more people should be buying their games digitally at this point than disc based. Well, there's a lot of different theories, and like there's uh, different articles about there's disc based, but at the same time, like downloading this game potentially because you're probably buying Whoops. this game and you're also getting. You're buying the $80 version of this game, and you're getting this and Modern Warfare 3. And mm-hmm. if you do that, you are literally downloading 150 gigabytes. Eh. <laughs> yeah. No biggie. Um, Which, that's a lot of space. But, so, like, a lot of people are jumping on, the, like, especially the death of Call of Duty bandwagon and using this as, like, finally people are speaking with their wallet and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, it just seems like we're at this weird crossroads of, like, Battlefield was good, but like nobody really like loves it. Like mm-hmm. it, it got good reviews, but mm-hmm. like I don't really hear it talked about. Um, Titanfall two got really good reviews. Like yeah. it got a lot. I've of, heard like, a lot of nice things about Titanfall two like, nines and tens about like this game is really good. You should yep. play it. And yet, like there's Did... a lot of reasons I think there's why Titanfall two is failing, and I blame that a lot on EA's strategy like for that game um but Mm -hmm. like that game gets kind of just pushed down and then call of duty everybody like i mean the the best everybody loves to bash call of duty when you get the chance um so i just kind of feel like we're in this weird space of like first person shooters are like the bread and butter of the gaming industry right now it's kind of like it, the, the easy thing to do of like, oh, just put mm-hmm. a first-person shooter in a game and you're going to sell five million copies or blah, 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 like yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we're at this weird spot of like nobody loves the genre right now. It seems like everybody's just like, well, this is lame and that's lame and this is lame. And it's kind of like, is is this genre like a dead genre? Is it like just a zombie that's like yeah. trotting mm-hmm. along and right, like right, it just right. can't die, like we can't kill it? Um <laughs> Because at the same time, there was an article that I saw like a week ago that GTA Five just hit twenty million units sold, yeah. And like everybody's like, "Oh my god, GTA Five three years later is still selling." Was it twenty million or two hundred million? I can't. Actually, I want to say it was it was more than that because I think it was something huge. Yeah, I think it like two hundred had to be like two hundred. And then they said they it had sold. Like twenty million copies this year, which made it yeah. like one Still of the best selling the... games of like the year, and it's a four year old game, yeah, something uh-huh. like that, something ridiculous, yeah. Um, 
So I, I that's just kind of what I go of like where like what is the f- the first person shooter genre right now? Well, of like does it, like do we need definitive change because everybody said for right now like Call of Duty needs to do this this and this and like it seems like they're trying to do all these like crazy things about like mm-hmm. we're gonna change up the game and now everybody's just like well we don't want that we want like the people in the call we of just Duty want zombies bro like. We want boots on the ground. We want, like, they're, they're what they're talking about is, like, we want Battlefield, but they'll never play Battlefield. Yeah. And, like, the people on Battlefield are like, it's too slow. Like, I mean, there's a hardcore Battlefield community, but, like, the people mm-hmm. that are like, well, I can't play the Battlefield plebs. because it's... I run around like, for 20 minutes and yeah, I never find anyone. I don't anyone. see anyone. And it's just boring and blah, blah, blah. It's just, like, everybody wants to, like, complain about everything. I mean, you could say a lot about the gamings in general, but... Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, how much do you think it's just, like, oversaturation? I mean, like you said, three really big games came out within a month and a half of each other. So, obviously, the sales are going to take a hit to a degree there because people aren't going to buy Battlefield because they're like, well, I maybe I want to do Titanfall this time. People aren't going to buy Titanfall because it's just not getting enough marketing. But then maybe people don't want to wait for Infinite Warfare, so instead they're buying Battlefield. Like, I feel like, and then on top of that, we've got so many other games that are doing the same thing. Not necessarily exactly because, you know, like we've some of the games we named aren't exactly first person shooters, but they're still shooters. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe people are just in different camps now. Do you think that's a thing or do you think that it's more to do with like the game? I think the landscape on a whole is changing. Um, so, you know, four years ago, you, if you wanted to play an FPS, you bought Call of Duty or you bought Battlefield. Yep. Or, you know, there was like maybe one or two Halo. other not yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, there's like there's a couple other games, but like every year it was who is Battlefield finally gonna beat Call of Duty yep. for like the last five, six years. Or is Call of Duty finally gonna kill off Battlefield? Right. And you know, you that's like what everybody got. And by everybody, I mean like the vast majority of gamers. Yeah. You got Battlefield or you got Call of Duty. You played your five-hour campaign and then you played the online multiplayer because that's what was fun. That's what you like doing. Yeah. And you played it with your friends and it was great. Um, but we've evolved. Both of those two disparate pieces have evolved. Now, if you're into the PvE... You're playing Destiny. You're playing The Division. You're playing an MMO that gives you that kind of content, that kind of play style in a much larger fashion, in a longer term kind of thing. Um, And if you're the person that was playing on multiplayer because you like the progression, you like, like the competitiveness of it, you're playing Overwatch, the FPS that sold 20 million copies in Mm -hmm. three months. Like, I think... I think one of the big reasons that none of these games are selling yeah. is because think of Overwatch. Like everybody is playing Overwatch. If you want to play an FPS and you want to play like a competitive FPS, you're playing Overwatch. I mean, you say that and We're if I said that to like all of my high school friends that like I still talk to, not a single one of them has ever played Overwatch. Well, 20 million people play Overwatch. I mean, I'm just I so. Think... I think that there's the the two things that you got in your Call of Duty and your Battlefield and your yeah. st- your standard triple A uh, FPS that would come out every year, every other year, was a pretty good campaign and a pretty good multiplayer component. Mm-hmm. Now you can get either of those in a much better version of it, yeah, separately. 
And if you were in it for the single player campaign, you're playing the MMOs. If you were in it for the competitiveness, I mean, you've got uh, not only you've got Overwatch, you've got CS:GO, and you've got Tom Clancy's Siege, Rainbow Six. Because like that Siege game apparently is still selling like good numbers every yeah. month. It sells a couple and million anytime, units. Anytime I hear about it, it's always actually very positive stuff. Like. I used to hear very, things about that game that were like, you know, it's very glitchy, it's very bad or whatever. It seemed like it was still in beta, but that was like right when it launched. I think mm-hmm. they had a patch recently. And since then, I've heard nothing but like, that game is so good, I wish more people played it kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's Counter-Strike for losers who can't play Counter-Strike. I mean, I do really like like where you were going, like the path you were going down of like, <laughs> the, that it, it did seem for like a long period there was... There was the two, like, there was two factions. Yeah. There was, like, the Battlefield faction, there was the Call of Duty faction. And, like, there was the offshoot games of, like, you had your Gears, you had your Halo, you had your blah, 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 all those mm-hmm. different things about, like, people would get those on top of, like, other games. like Exactly, yeah, they'd like, be supplemental. But, like, those, they'd be supplemental games, that's, like, perfect. But, like, the two things, but, like, now, like you were saying, there's, like, the PV, like, there's the campaign side and there's the multiplayer side. And, like, mm-hmm. the the... Rather than just being like small little offshoots that like help like the tree live, like now there's multiple like huge branches coming off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Overwatch, like Call of Duty, and like there's just so many different things that are like worthwhile where it seemed like for a long time it was just like Call of Duty or Battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of does go to, I guess, down where Taylor was saying of like oversaturation of the market of like everybody. Like Call of Duty and Battlefield were these huge cash cows. Everybody's like, "Well, I want a cash cow. Like, yeah. I just want to get a bajillion dollars every year. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you want that?" Uh huh. Yeah, it, it. I think that in a in a world where esports are barreling faster and faster with every month towards mainstream, it's mm-hmm. if you're. Like I feel like more and more people are probably getting to the point where some of us got to a while ago where I'm not I'm not going to play a game online unless I'm going playing unless I'm playing it to be competitive. Yeah. If I have no like I'm not going to play Call of Duty online or Battlefield online because I'll play Battlefield for 40 hours and even if I get like really great and I'm one of the best players in the world, there's nothing for me to do with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool! I can post little gifts on Reddit of my sick airplane snipe tricks. <laughs> Which all, I mean, I I enjoy why, those. Why scope ladder stall? Come on! <laughs> I mean, those things are cool, but like, and it was also there with with Call of Duty. You know, there was the Call of Duty competitive scene, the Halo competitive scene. Um, but like, you've got Overwatch and Dota and League of Legends, and you know, esports is. Mm-hmm. Just getting closer and closer, and I think within five years, we won't even be talking about esports like it's a joke anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. it won't be like, wow, an esports tournament got ten, got a hundred million viewers again. What? It'll just be like, oh yeah, the yeah, that league, was Tuesday. The league finals were <laughs> last week, and they told the they like announced the winners on MSN yeah. or not MSN, like you know ABC. ABC like yeah. on the morning news, they're like, oh yeah. Did you like? And th- I'm not saying the mainstream news is going to act like everybody knows it is. They'll be like, "Oh, did you know that video game sports are a real thing now? And these League of Legends players are the most popular in the world." Here's an yeah. interview with the world's top uh, solo carry. 
And they're like, what is a solo carry? And he's like... That's going to be so surreal when that happens. Mm-hmm. I need to go to ESPN right now and pitch and be like, let me have a show where we just talk about esports. Oh, let us, man. Let us do this for you. I can't Genius. remember if I... I think I... I don't know if I talked about this on air on our podcast yeah. before or just in the chat. We probably have. But it was like a year, year and a half ago. I was like, we should focus on, on esports because nobody is focusing on esports. And if we're the esports channel, yeah. like we like we can shoot up. You wanted to create a website where we like conglomerated all these Still esports could. tournaments. And well, stuff. and then I found Gosu Gamers, which already <laughs> does that and has weekly podcasts for every game. Like oh, they have a crazy. Hearthstone podcast and an Overwatch podcast and a Dota podcast and a League of Legends podcast. You should just email them. Gosu like, is awesome, and Gosu is also. They also run weekly tournaments for these games. They run the weekly Overwatch oh, really? tournaments that are what make the meta for Overwatch. Wow. Yeah, so like cool for them. They they already beat us to it. That's all right. But yeah, uh, that's all right. We have our you niche. can you can get us on on ESPN. We'll yeah. I don't care if we're piggybacking. <laughs> I'll take so it. So the last thing I want to say about this, just because I want to say it, is that EA, you're literally idiots. The worst. Yeah. Because. Um, you you heard the quote like the quote that he said about Battlefield and Titanfall. Mm-hmm. Like, Tell know, me. Um, he said, "There's two, or we believe there's three groups of people. There's people who buy Battlefield and don't want to play Titanfall. There's people who will play Titanfall and won't play Battlefield. And there's people that want to play both, but just can't afford to buy both." Those are the only three groups. Those are the, yeah, the only exist. three groups of people in the world. Yep, there's no one. There's no one else. Or there's, there's the 20 million people that bought GTA 5 last month and don't give a fuck about uh, anything. Either of them. Yeah, I really want to ask the question if you guys think it's also just due to the fact that the FPS is pretty stale. But we can. We I can don't do think the FPS is stale. I mean, Titanfall is apparently doing something, mm-hmm. but I would argue that kind of hard to iterate at this point i don't really know i mean what there's else so many different like new. you've got your world war one military game you've got your super futurized <sighs> yep mecha game you've got your somewhat futurized. Just future somewhat futurized warfare game you've got your hero shooter game you've got like everything you've got In between space Halo you know what you don't game. have your competitive spaghetti western game. What was that game called? Secret Ponchos. Yes, thank you. I was like, I knew it had something to do with that. But that wasn't an FPS. That game was fun. But it, well, it was a competitive spaghetti western, though. It was fun, um, but there was no competitive scene. So I played it for two hours and was like, this game's really cool. If it had a competitive scene, I'd play it some more. But it's worthless. There's no point in me wasting my time on playing this game and getting good. When I could just play GTA Five, I think what I think the phrase that you said really makes the most sense. Where the landscape has changed, it's not even so much that like the games have changed because obviously they've got to do something. They can't, mm-hmm. even though people would argue they've gotten away with it for years. Battlefield and Call of Duty have to do something different. They can't just make the exact same game every year and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they've made the most different games that they probably oh, could yeah, have in the made. last few years. Like in- Infinite Warfare and Battlefield One are much different. Much different, like. Call of Duty has space fights. Yeah. And it, with a spaceship. With a dog. It's a dog fight. It's a thing. 
<laughs> but okay. lightning campaign. But. Not only that, but then you've also got those shifts that are, it's not just the multiplayer anymore. You can actually choose how to experience it with PvE or PvP. And then it's also the fact that, like, those get because the thought I had when you said it is that, like, those games have kind of existed for a long time, right? Like, there are other MMO shooters out there. Like, Planetide was a thing. Aeon. Tribes was a thing. Tribes was an MMO. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's probably a bad description of it. But, like, those games have existed to, to be there, but perhaps it's the fact that they're more prevalent on consoles now, or maybe it's the developers that gave them the big boost or whatever or something like that. But now that they're feasible options and that they're there and they're decent, people are maybe they're just branching out getting into the space they want to be in maybe they want to yeah. be doing pve or maybe they want to be competitive so yeah the but, console plebs are learning yeah they're they're getting all the genres that pc gamers have had for the last 15 years and they don't know what to do with themselves i mean i don't know what to do with myself I'll... this is like i mean it's just like when um world of warcraft came out yep and nobody played rpgs anymore yep because everybody was playing world of warcraft yep I Overwatch play a came out. RPG and you can play an MMO RPG. Exactly. Now that that table has turned on itself again, and people want The Witcher and they want shitty Skyrim instead of World of Warcraft, which is actually now like doing gangbusters again, apparently. Apparently. But Overwatch has come out and has shown the plebs what competitive FPSs look like, and they can't get enough. <laughs> I still laugh. I saw I saw a uh, product placement. I think I was on Kotaku or something. And every once in a while, they just have like little ads or whatever. And it was it was an ad for a mouse and itty bitty numpad with sad thing. Like it was basically literally just a numpad shaped keyboard, but it only mm-hmm. had directional characters and the numbers. That was it. And it was basically like the best. PC for PS4 controller you'll ever buy. And I was just like, why? why? No, that's not. Oh, my God. It's like we were seeing that guy at Landwehr who was using that or something like that, weren't we? I don't know. What are you talking about? There was a guy playing Overwatch on his PS4, but he was using a mouse and keyboard. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's the way you do it. If you're If you're a true pro, you get a keyboard like that for your computer that just has yeah. the, it's just the West for, keys. It's just for that. Yeah, I need a new mouse pad. My mouse pad is not um, competitive rated anymore. I was looking at. Um, I'll buy it. <laughs> I was trying to figure out. I you know I got to get my new Edge in Overwatch. So I was looking at uh, 140 hertz monitors today. Oh my god! It was not. It wasn't good. I'll take your old monitor if you want to get rid of an old monitor. You, no, the only I, reason that really makes me laugh is because before I had got the 1070, I had the card that was like just good enough. You know what I mean? Like you uh-huh. can kind of hit high. Usually it was medium and it did fine. I turned that crap down to low every time I wanted to play something seriously because I was like, I can't th- dipping down to 15, 30 frames when it's on a decent graphic. No, just turn Ooh. it all the way down to get rid of all the particle effects and uh-huh. I'll see what I can do. It just makes me laugh when I hear like, I got to get 140 hertz, got to get 1440p. I'm just like, I'm not, I don't, I don't even think I'd see the difference these days. Well, the point, the, the whole idea behind the 1440p isn't necessarily to make my game look better. It's to lower the response time. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, you got to yeah, cut that eight sense. milliseconds off. I'm just saying. If I get a, just 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 a one, if I can get a 144 hertz monitor and overclock it to 180 hertz, I can decrease the response rate by like 12 milliseconds. You can dish out 180 hertz per second. Oh, it's gonna be so tough. They're like, 
$800. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Buy a TV. <laughs> well, the TV isn't going to be 100 Well, no, I know. I'm just saying for that amount, I just buy a TV. It would be... What you need to do is just not buy high-resolution monitors. Just stick to 1080p. The 1080p one is like $300, and that would be great. Yeah. But if you want the 1440p one, it's $800. Snap. So. Well, that'll drop soon anyway. No. it's Well, maybe. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, maybe not soon, but it'll drop. Yeah. All right. Somebody go with your next topic. All right. Since I'm already talking about okay. Overwatch. Might as well. We'll just keep talking about Watch Overwatch. <laughs> So BlizzCon was BlizzCon. last week, it's slash this week, and um, as everybody expected, Sombra hacked the uh, the opening ceremonies. How do you feel about that? It was cool. I mean, the video was cool. It was dope. Um, Zarya in the video looks nothing like Zarya in the game. They like made a new character model or something. What makes you say that? Because her face looks totally different. Oh yeah, I didn't. I wasn't paying too much attention. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just like before something happens and she scars her face. No, it's not. It's not like that. She has the same face, like eye scar thing. It's yeah, just it's like, like her, her face just looks shaped off. differently. It just look, it looks it's off. Just the way they animated her face Probably. just makes it look. Weird. I only watched it's it like, like once, they, so I wouldn't know. They ran out of budget, so that they like outsourced Zarya <laughs> to like a, a outsourced company, and they didn't do a very good job. How do you I don't f- think it's? I mean, how do you feel that the ARG ended like that though? Everybody, the ARG was dumb. Everybody knows the ARG was dumb. <laughs> Blizzard will did never Blizzard do that come again. Out and they say did. We are bad at ARGs. They we did. Like, we're I was sorry. I was reading that right before I came over. They were they were having an interview and they basically like, did you ever think maybe there's too many timers in this? And they basically said, yeah, that's what we mean when we say lessons learned. <laughs> Next time, perhaps not. Yeah. Did you watch Jeff Senpai's uh, dope drum solo before the Overwatch Q and A? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> I haven't. I didn't see it, but the. Over um, Overwatch Central was tweeting at BlizzCon, and they said that before the Overwatch Q and A, Jeff Kaplan just came out and there's a drum, apparently just like a drum kit on stage for no reason. And he just, <laughs> he just like, walks over, a drum goes. solo, and then walks over and is like, "Hey guys, I'm Jeff Kaplan." What? I wonder if they that someone told him like, "Well, we have about five minutes to fill. What do you want to do?" I can play the drums. They're like, "Genius, kick it, kick it." <laughs> But um, I, I need to look and see if that was online because if it was, I'm going to make that something. <laughs> That's amazing. But so so Sombra came out to the She's PTR and Arcade hit the PTR. Uh, Taylor, did you play in the PTR at all, or just me and Ryan? No. Okay, good job. I had literally I had no free time. No, I did not. Unfortunately, if we hadn't wasted like 20 minutes trying to get the um, the setup set up today i was gonna like i was hoping that i didn't think you would play or that we could like sit you down and i don't think ryan did you play sombra in the ptr yep oh cool 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 i so watched talk. if it helps i watched plenty of stuff like jiff wise and video wise about her uh-huh so, yeah that's good but did you no, just say jiff why jiff no jiff wise gif wise jiff wise okay okay like, okay I thought you were talking about Giphy, and you were calling no, 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 it no, no, Jif no, no, Wise. No, 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 no. As in, like Jif and Video Wise. Okay, 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 okay. Cool, or cool, GIF cool. And GIF, whatever you want. I just I change it every day. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like when they announced Sombra's abilities, yeah. she sounded way overpowered. Oh yeah, she did. Seriously, she's not that bad. Really? So, so how does? 
I'll be that person. I, I get to ask you the question. I think right now, like until people get really good with her, she is a useless character. So people it, will pick her, and they will be terrible, and they will ruin teams. <laughs> That's kind of how it, it well, looked. Well, maybe it, looked, it reminded me of what I thought of Genji the first time I saw him getting played because he seemed really cool and he seemed really interesting. But at the same time, it took someone very, very skilled to destroy you with him. Otherwise, he's just mm-hmm. a nuisance and he's annoying. From what it looked like, how long does her stealth really last? Is it a decent it, amount of it's time? It's like 10 to 15 seconds. That's pretty mm. good. Is you it that, no, you is that long? long? I'd say it's five seconds. Five seconds? That's pretty it, short. It, it had to be. It was long there. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How it wasn't the, that how short. Is, how long is the cooldown after that? I don't know they had to answer. Um, probably like... Decent amount of time. 15 seconds. I don't Someone. know. <laughs> That's interesting. But because... I think it was longer than five seconds. But it wasn't. It was. It's not like super I long. I think it's shorter than you think. I. I definitely don't think it's anywhere near fifteen seconds. And even ten seconds sounds long. Okay. So she's got that. She can stealth. Mm-hmm. She can hack health packs. So that's a thing. Well, she can hel- she hack can health hack packs anything. or heroes. Oh, okay. So how does that necessarily work? Because from what down I saw, the button and she goes and then hacks Boop. you. Yeah, it takes a couple seconds. So do you just like target a dude like any other ability? And just you have to be a lot closer than you think. That's what I was gonna say. What is it like a melee kind of thing? No, it's not that close. It's like a short range gun. Short okay. Range, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Kind of like, like it's not quite on a sleep dart wise, but I'd it's, say it's within like Winston electrocution okay. range. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. You have to be somewhat near somebody, but like not right. But on someone's top not of gonna them. be able to hit you with a melee yeah. while you're doing it. Okay. No, no, no. For sure. And then my other big, big, big question because the teleport thing makes perfect sense to me. You drop a little thing, you walk away, you teleport back. That has to it, a time. Also has a timer. Has a timer for how you long throw it lasts. The thing out, and you have that has like twenty seconds. From when it, it, so you throw this little ball, uh-huh, uh-huh. it looks like a grenade, and then it hits the ground. Mm-hmm. And then it sounds a 20 second timer, and you can recall within that 20 seconds, oh, okay. and then it basically like dies. I thought you were about to say that after 20 seconds you recall, and there's no other option. I was like, no, no that no. would be difficult. <laughs> no, you okay. can, if you let it die, it's just dead. So that's, um, that's that part of her kit that she's got the submachine gun, and then there's the old. Am I missing anything else, or is that it? Um, there is a passive ability. Oh, okay. She can see low health enemies through walls if they're Re- close to I her. Hadn't, I did not read that at all. Um, so I think I, that was kind of unpublished. I noticed it uh, when I was playing a match. I like I was just like running around, and I saw Winston just standing like across a wall from me. So I just walked into the room and shot him, and he was dead. So like it's pretty cool. I'm, you know. I, I think Sombra is just like a really high tech character. She's like a Genji. She's like a Tracer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like you need to be active. You need to be good. And Jeff Kaplan, when he was talking about her, said that she's more of a support offense character mm-hmm. than a straight offense character. Like she's not going to carry. I would agree anybody. with that. In that, like, she'll be really good in like specific situations and specific fights right but like just because like you're starting a game i don't think you should just auto pick sombra right like i mean if you're on temple of anubis and like you can't get past a reinhardt mm-hmm. like you can hack him and like hack his shield down and like that's a good reason to right. like have it but like just because like you're in a fight and you're like oh well this would be good it's like no the the other team I, in my opinion has to like there has to be a need for her like to be super useful in the beginning once she gets her ult 
then she becomes really good if like she can sneak in there emp the whole team that's like bunched mm-hmm. up on like a point or something and if you can finish them and off then before like it's everybody done. else can charge in and like team wipe them because they can't use any abilities like she has really good usefulness but like situ- it's extremely situationally and yeah. situational based in my opinion i don't know i don't i i think she can be really useful if if there's a, a team comp where you've got a, a two, basically a two three one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like two ten, like you replace your secondary healer with Sombra, with Sombra, um, or maybe you replace a DPS with Sombra. But I don't feel like she has the damage to like replace a main DPS character. But like in all of the games I've played, like in carrying up to Diamond, right, right, right. There's always a Zarya and there's always a Zenyatta. Like, if really? the other team doesn't have a Zenyatta in the beginning, when they see my Zarya, they pick a Zenyatta. And that Zenyatta always saves his ult to counter the Zarya ult. Because Zenyatta's ult is like pretty much, unless you're comboing it with like a Junkrat or something or else. Or or something to blow people it's, up. It, it like just directly counters the Zarya ult. So it's a one for one. If you have a Sombra on your team, you can negate that Zara well you can't negate the Zarya ult but like she negates um Zenyatta's ult just automatically which is like she's like a hard Zenyatta carry and she's supposed like the thought is that she's also going to be a um a Zarya counter just in general because you hack Zarya and she can't do she can't throw shields for like the hack is not short it's not like three seconds it might Brian's probably going to say I'm wrong, but I think it's like 10 is. seconds. It I, is not I, short. I was never in the like two games I played in the PTR that one night. Uh-huh. I was never hacked by an opponent, so I couldn't tell you, and I couldn't easily tell how long like the hack mm-hmm. lasts on the opponents. I, I got hacked, and like you get hacked, and it's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay, like it is, it's long, yeah. and like you can shut down a Zarya if you if you have a Sombra on your team and you just continuously chase that Zarya and hack her, mm-hmm. she can't get charged, which means she's not going to be powerful, and she's also not going to get ult charge. So, right. so you've got she's a really supposedly a hard Zarya counter, supposedly a Zenyatta ult counter, supposedly a Reinhardt shield counter. I mean, she is like. Oh she yeah, no, really I know disrupts that she goes through the like those things like <laughs> just because like the current state of the meta yeah. that does make it seem like that is much more than I was thinking. Like the way I was thinking of her is like she would work somewhat like May that like uh-huh. May has specific maps and specific instances where she's that she's devastating. like super like good and super useful yeah. and if you have a good one uh-huh. like she can just win you the game with the way that May like the character of May works. Exactly, on like Monomura mm-hmm. or something. Walls or people right. off. Yeah, what's the team? Freezes uh, like, the team. All that stuff. I, though that was the way I was somewhat viewing Sombra. Of like, there will be specific maps. There'll be so specific things, and I guess that kind of like in a vaguer instance of like there's specific team comps that she'll be like super useful to have right. to counter. Um, and in the current state of the meta, of like there's tons of Zarya's of like like she's a very good Zarya counter. If, theoretically, theoretically at least. yeah if everything stays the same which i doubt and blah 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 now three, uh-huh. three questions one question one 
Zenyatta over Lucio? Or are you saying there's just always a Zenyatta and sometimes a Lucio? Um, there's always a Lucio and okay. sometimes a Zenyatta. Okay, cool. That makes me feel a little bit better. Second, second question. I find, do you find her... Well, that'll be the third question. Second question is how big is the range on her ult? Is it like a diva kind of thing? Like it's not range, diva. I didn't or get to use like it. Like a itty kind of interesting circleish area. One time I used her ult, I was kind of like I couldn't tell who they worked against, and then I made the assumption, oh, this doesn't have that big of a range that I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like I went into what I thought was a fairly congested area, ulted, and it was like. I don't know if I got anyone with that. Uh, yeah. It's, so is there not very big feedback for when you've hacked someone like I that? Think, I think they get like a little thing there, over their see, character. There's a thing over to, yeah, there is a There's a sombra skull over their character. Okay. When they're hacked. You'd think it would be a bit more like evident or something, at least for well, you. Because it's, otherwise. It's pretty evident. Is it? Well, all right. Well, in any case, so then the last question is the more important question. Do you feel like that... <sighs> Everyone's everyone's been very nervous about the fact that they're introducing a stealth character at all, right? Because especially when you think about like TF2 and the spy, like that's a totally completely different way to play the game, right? In the sense of like you sneak behind someone, you're stealthing or you're being them backstab and they're dead, right? People were very worried mm-hmm. that she would be a little too good at being an assassin, which it sounds like damage wise, not a huge concern, no. not a big deal. But that ability to negate other people's you know, abilities, the fact that mm-hmm. she can either ult or she can hack them. That's, as you've been describing, that is very powerful in team fights and in pushes and in moments that can just be critical to say, drop Reinhardt's shield while someone's got an ult on our team. We don't really have a combo, but you mm-hmm. can't absorb any damage. Sorry about your luck, kid. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Sombra has the ability to be like a, a superpower tech character because she can also hack health packs. Right. Which is like a much bigger deal than you think about it because like the higher and higher you go in play, the more people really focus on health packs more than their healers. Like, you know, oh, I can run back, you know, like I'm poking out here because I know I have a pretty okay shot to get the health pack behind me. And if Sombra can hack that health pack while you're walking to it so that Reaper can cut you off, I mean, that's, that's pretty big. So her, her stealth is, I think it's useful, yeah. but it's surprisingly, like, not, doesn't not the main seem focus. overpowered at all. Yeah, I it's mean, not it's, like her thing. It's, mm. it's like a more powerful form of shadow step. I yeah. mean, she, she gets the movement speed increase. You can't see her, and it's longer than shadow step. But it's not, like, so long. Mm-hmm. And she she's not a Reaper. If she, like, decloaks next to a Winston or a Bastion and they see her, she's going to be dying. Oh, yeah. She's, she, like, yeah. she's going to die. Now, one thing that I will say is, about her primary fire is that her gun is not, like, it's not a short burst. You can go fully automatic, and it has, like, 100 rounds. Like, if you hold it down, it's, like, a good five to six seconds of shooting. Really? So it's And it doesn't get as bad of a pattern as I think it probably should. Yeah? Like, I think the gun is a lot... Too accurate? I, I think it's more accurate than I was expecting it. I don't think it necessarily does, like, like is overpowered, though. Well, does uh-huh. it hit because hard? Because it stays or? accurate, like, more accurate than I think it does, but it doesn't necessarily do a lot of damage. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so, like, if... Say, for example, you, like, I'm Sombra, and you're running away, you're running to your health pack. Like, I mean, she, like, you can land shots from what I I felt like I could land shots from mid-range, 
with just holding it down. So like you could just stand behind a Reinhardt shield and just hold it down like your soldier and your spray doesn't go like crazy. It's pretty well contained. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But it's not powerful. It's okay. not as strong as his gun yeah. either. But I don't think like like Thomas was saying is I think the trick is going to be you need to get in to hack somebody to initiate a fight, but you have to immediately get the support to be able to get out and stay alive. You can't mm-hmm. just cloak in, hack and die. hack somebody, and then like expect to get out because you don't have the life and you don't have the power to deal with that. So pretty much yeah. like, the only thing you, you can have do to is be like, I'm doing this, port. and you have to immediately teleport. I guess the teleport, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but still, so, I mean, that's still you have to do that within twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. You have to time that right. You have to make sure that you're able to get out before everyone really notices you. McCree mm-hmm. could flashbang you. Someone could knock you in the air. Someone could mm-hmm. disorient you. Stuff could happen. Yeah. So the somber strat is is probably going to be you throw your teleporter while you're running towards the enemy. You throw your teleporter. You cloak when you decloak. So here's the other thing. Um, two things. One, you cannot blow up her teleporter as an enemy. Oh, you Which know is, that, I saw I saw an image. Well, I saw a GIF, GIF, whatever, of Junkrat throwing his trap, whatever. whatever oh, that, that's trap smart. On top of the teleporter, uh-huh. and, just, and then just waiting. And she came back, caught, trapped. <laughs> now that's interesting. I was I was actually upset. I thought like, oh, this will be really good. Of like, you have to figure out where to put your teleporter because people will blow it up. But I just like shot it. It didn't do anything. Lame. Um, so, I mean, maybe they already tested that or maybe if it turns out that she's overpowered, that's something that they can easily change and make that destroyable. I but, mean, maybe it's the fact that it only lasts 20 seconds. I mean, that's, mm. that's a pretty, I didn't know that because big I was thing trying to, deal to throw with. my things in like secret areas and be like, Oh, I'll throw it up here like, mm-hmm. on this ledge and nobody will like go up there and like look for it. And like, I can teleport there back safely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still don't want to just throw it out in the yeah, middle of a space because sure. you'll get shot at. Exactly. But, um, so the, there's that. You can't destroy the teleporter. Um, and when she comes out of cloak, it's not like you can, you're cloaked and then you can walk up to somebody and hack them while you're cloaked. You yeah. have to leave cloak, and there's probably a good second to second and a half where you can't do anything. You can't shoot, you can't use any abilities. So, like, it's not like. You you walk up right behind Reinhardt, decloak, and hack him. Like you need to hide behind a wall, decloak, and then walk out and hack him. Yeah. So it's not like the spy where you're running a bunch. You're, you're like you're guarding the point, and then all of a sudden somebody gets backstabbed, and you kill the spy, but they still got a one for one. Yeah. So if they got your heavy, then they did pretty good. Exactly. So I mean, it's, Sombra. So you'd, so you'd say I would say it sounds like we're very, very, very interested to see what she's gonna do. Because it just by the nature of what her abilities do, if someone gets good enough with her, that will be incredibly disruptive to a lot of the strats people have. Yeah, to the current meta, at least. Exactly. So, so she's definitely going to have an effect on that. But it also doesn't sound like she's too crazy that it's going to be like she's going to be another one of those auto picks. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think... Kind of, I think the the timeline will go kind of like what Ryan was talking about, and basically what happened when Anna came out. Yep, Anna came out. Everybody played her because they're like, "Whoa, she's cool!" And then everybody's like, "Okay, well, she's kind of useless." And then we learned the Beyblade, the Reinhardt, (laughs) and then all of a sudden Anna is basically an auto pick. So, like in the games I play, 
the a lot of times the enemy team will start out with an Ana and then switch to a Zenyatta because they see the Zarya. So I'm betting if they didn't see the Zarya, they would stick with Ana. It's like it's either Lucio, Ana, Lucio, Zenyatta. If you play Lucio Mercy, you're losing. You suck. Probably, yeah. But that's very interesting. I'm excited to give her a shot myself. I think it sounds very cool. I think it sounds like a character I might play. But in general, I'm glad to hear that they weren't a little too crazy. Because, I mean, considering the history of the character, I mean, for the longest time, our conspiracy theory was that she was ready at launch, right? And well, then- did you hear that um, she was originally a cyborg ninja and half of her kit got turned into Genji? Really? Yeah. Which kind of lends to the reason why she's like half you were talking about like in her thing she gets like cyborg implants Mm -hmm. and stuff um originally she was like there was one character that was sombra and genji so it was probably like genji with stealth like genji with stealth and hacking but they were like okay this is too powerful and they split that out into two different characters that's where sombra came from and sombra's original um character silhouette was the base yeah was Anna's like hooded silhouette interesting yeah so like she's been around since for a long time but they've been been trying to figure out basically how to flesh it out yeah especially if it sounds like they split off one character concept into two they probably had two halves Genji Mm -hmm. got fleshed out quicker because obviously all you had to do was give him a way to kill people Mm -hmm. and then whereas the stealth character had to be like well what else is she gonna do yeah I think I think it's probably good. I don't think they held Sombra back for this reason, but I don't. I think that she's much better for Overwatch now than she would have been if she came out at launch. And it was like, oh, you've got this and this and this, and then it would like you would have had like Genji and Sombra, which are like really difficult characters to play. Um, I don't know. I feel like and Tracer because like they probably would have been because Tracer was like. The character they used in all the marketing material, and everybody in the beginning wanted to play Tracer. Yep. I wanted to play Tracer, yep. but Tracer's really fucking hard. Yep. Um, and like Sombra would just be another one of those characters. It's like, oh, like they look super cool, but they're really hard to play, and would maybe turn people off of the game. No, I think that's actually very a pretty insightful thing because when you think about it, the, I mean, up until the recent meta, at least, a lot of the uh, the somewhat auto picks were like the pretty standard people like for a while hanzo was pretty big he was just a bow and arrow soldier's still kind of kind of you know kind of a thing he's just call of duty mccree's basically just a harder version of call of duty. you know like a uh-huh. lot of the big mainstay picks weren't complicated but they were still powerful and they still had big impacts on the games whereas now we're starting to see people getting into genji getting into tracer getting into ana getting into zarya. the people that are and zarya and, and even somewhat zenyatta as well i'd argue he's actually kind of difficult when you get down to it like people are starting to flush out into those areas that aren't necessarily normal. And it's interesting to see how that plays out and how it's actually working to Blizzard's strengths because it means the game is getting more depth as it lives. Right? Right. So that's, I think you're right. I think that's very cool. Yeah. The other thing that came out that was pretty big, um, well, actually there's two things. So we can just like quickly hit on the other stuff. um, The... uh, so next, let's talk about arcade. Uh, quick play. Now I don't know if you know this, um, Taylor. Ryan yeah. didn't know it originally when we tried to play on the PTR. Mm-hmm. Quick play is now single hero limit. 
Oh. So we were, we've I thought talked I read before, something about that today, and I was yeah. like, what? Like, we've talked before about how, and other people have talked about how Overwatch needs a, um, or some people think that Overwatch needs a competitive, Training but grounds. unranked, you yeah. know, an unranked competitive playlist. War- so and, I, okay. oh. and I argued that competitive is your... Like is where you're supposed to train because that's where you're getting matched with people that are like your skill or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's basically what quick play is now. Quick play is competitive without the rank, or without the public rank. Now, my big question is: Is there still a game mode where there is hero stacking? Okay. Yes, and that in is now arcade. in the arcade. And is arcade six on six still? Yes. Well, oh. so arcade is a combination of a bunch of different game modes. You press, okay. so you open up the menu, like yep, you press yep, yep, play, yep, 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 yep. and there's quick play. And then, instead of being like the brawl on the far right, now the second thing on the list is what they call arcade. You okay. click arcade, that takes you to another menu of like five or six different game modes that you can pick that are arcade hmm. modes. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's where there's like the solo du- or the the mystery, mystery duels, and then like there's still the different brawls. Like there's different brawl types in there. Okay. But then there's a different thing that's just called. Is it just called arcade mode? Um, I think it's called like free for all or something, where it's the old quick play rules of mm-hmm. like any character limit or like, Georgia. So it's six v six, and there's any characters. Right. Interesting. Um, there is also a game mode in arcade that we need to play. Three v three. Yeah, three v three is interesting. Um, and what's what I really like is so the what what will be called brawls now or will be there like. Um, there, okay, so there's there's brawls that are just like one type. So there's like the um, like Lucio ball or the well thing that they're gonna do, where it's just Lucio and Roadhog on the well map. But the main brawl mode now is where you you know you get put into a group, a six v six group, and it plays all of the previous brawls on random. So every round is a different brawl. Oh, that's actually yeah. real. And that sounds like a re- like way more fun brawl mode for me. Oh yeah. Of like, you know, it's like playing golf with friends with like just random yeah, just modifiers. Just see what happens yeah. every so time like you push Jeff the button. So like Jeff was saying like this is the mode where you can go to like just like zone out and just play like to calm down is like one round you'll be fair and mercy and the next round will be we're all soldiers or yeah. Or, the next round will be high noon or something or whatever. And so like that's where they took all the old brawl modes and put it into basically like just a playlist. That's mm-hmm. smart. It's like that's you just actually press the, really like, smart. You just press the button, you queue into a 6v6, and it just randomly goes through the list of the, just the different game modes on different maps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, interesting thought, however. Yeah. That's why I'm doing this. That's a lot of options now mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Anyone concerned about that? No, I mean twenty million people on PC. That's a lot. It's a lot. Of, or is that? I actually, think twenty million uh, is total. Okay, yeah. okay, but still, twenty million people. That's a lot of peeps. But games historically, you know, those that fluctuates. Would you say that that's kind of a problem? I mean, now you got people queuing for competitive. Now you got people. You're still going to have quick the play. main majority of people are going to be in competitive and quick play. We'll see. The arcade I'm... will just be a fun place for you. I think the arcade is going to just be like, and I think it's what they intended to be is like fun tavern brawl is for hearthstone Yeah. Mm -hmm. of like, because they've added these new incentives of like, if you go into the arcade, you can get up to three loot boxes a week 
from doing mm-hmm. different arcade things. Oh, you know, I totally forgot about that. That's actually a very so, like, good point that they they have a pull. There, there's, there's a pull to do, to do arcade stuff, but I feel like arcade stuff is still going to be a one-off of, like... I got my boxes. People do the Tavern Brawl to get, like... I do the Tavern Brawl once a week. I get my win, I get my pack, and I get, I get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I I have, like, uh, some friends at work who play Overwatch. I mean, they play on PS4, and they played competitive once. Yeah. And, like, in the current form of Overwatch, where you have quick play or competitive, like, I'm surprised they still play. Yeah. They play every night, and they play comp- quick play every night, which is, like, toxic right now because you have this mixture of people who are trying to play serious and these people, and who are these people that are trying to stack Harambe. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I think they're going to spend 99% of their time, if not all of their time, in arcade and playing 3v3s and playing, you know, fun brawls and stuff. Or maybe even just playing the non-stacking version for what, whatever the new quick play is. Right, or playing the, the free-for-all. I mean, I, I think it's great because... Now I'm not even if, if we're playing competitive... And we go on a two or three game losing streak, or we play a match that's like totally debilitating. Instead of saying, "All right, let's all go like look at Reddit for thirty minutes, or you know, have a go get something to eat and get some water," we'll be like, "All right, well, let's play a brawl. Like, let's just go, let's go play some around. random crazy mode and like blow some steam off, and then like jump back in." I would rather do that. I would never go to quick play. Like, I. I play quick play one match, if that. I usually like start half of a match and then I get halfway through and I'm like, all right, this team is fucking useless. I got my, I'm like used to my aim and I've got my like, I'm in my zone. I yep. just quit them halfway through and I don't give a fuck. Yep. And then I go play competitive. Yep. I did that the other day and I'm glad that I'm really glad they separated because I'm usually the guy who like, I don't play quick play a lot, but when I do, like I just play a couple games for like warm up games, and I'm right. trying like somewhat serious, and I do uh-huh. get somewhat annoyed when I get like the team of just trolls. But like, there was one day of like I was on a pretty good hot streak, and then I lost a lot of games. I lost like four games in a row. And mm-hmm. I was like fuck it, like I still I wanted to. I was gonna play for like another hour before I had to leave for something or whatever. I'm like, I'm just going to play quick play the rest of the time. Yeah. And like, and I'm not going to give a fuck. Like, I'm just going to play like whatever character and I'm just going to screw around. I'm going to play Ana and I don't give a shit if I have a Reinhardt. I'm yeah. going to play Genji, like just to play Genji, like because I never play Genji. Uh-huh. And so like, and I had teammates like bitching at me. Like there was one game I chose Ana and I was the only support and we had a Black Widow and a Hanzo. And they're like, and we where are this, heels? We had two guys that are like, why do we have all these snipers? Three snipers is toxic. What the fuck? And I'm just like, chill the fuck out. It's quick play. Like, <laughs> I got, like, that was the first time I was, like, that guy about, like, and I've done that before, of, like, where I was complaining, and people were like, dude, it's quick play. Calm down. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. And, like, I finally had that moment of, like, dude, it's quick play. I'm just trying to chill. Like, yeah. I'm on a four-game losing streak right now. Leave me alone. It's I like, want to play Genji. Exactly. Yeah, of, like, I'm so tilted right now, and, like, you, like, trying to come at me, like, I'm not I'm not having this right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, me and him literally just kept spending, like, the rest of the game just going back and forth. I'm like, well, I'm the only fucking healer. Like, why don't you go to Lucio then, you little bitch? <laughs> well, yeah, so... Our arcade's great. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it actually, especially the loot box pull. Yeah. 
and then they announced the most important announcement of BlizzCon. No, I still haven't even gotten around to looking at anything <laughs> on Oasis. Either. Did they show a video of Oasis, or they just say? I thought Oasis. I heard it was I on think the PTR. They showed pics of Oasis at BlizzCon, but then they didn't show anything like in the video. So oh, and okay. I don't know. I heard pictures. it was on the PTR. Mm-hmm. Maybe no, no, maybe it's I'm not. Crazy. Maybe crazy. They said early 2017. Oh, okay. They said it could be on the PTR sometime in December. Is what they? Oh, hope. maybe that's yeah. what I read, and I just didn't. It get could the be day. maybe. They're it like, might, I don't they know. They are hoping it's a December PTR for a potential January. Ooh, live a December launch. wedding. Uh huh. So, and then what was the important? What's the important thing? Means January PTR. What's the important thing? What's the important? What thing? is? What's Do you so even have to ask, Thomas? Tell me. I need to know. See, you might you might have forgotten about it, but I, I pro- haven't I've probably forgotten about. There hasn't been a two hour time span since the opening ceremony that, that I haven't say. thought about. The Overwatch League. <laughs> My own city-based team. How are we still talking about Overwatch? What? Overwatch, is the, new, topic, Overwatch is the new Hearthstone, Ryan. Overwatch this is, is how our podcast BlizzCon goes. is my topic, our and I'm only talking about Overwatch. Our should know by now that know, we just kind of latch on to a game and then we're done for now. We'll talk about It'll Taylor's topic. We haven't even had the role. The, yeah, we're the, still not in trouble. All right? The thing we're call us off. And this is fast, because like I don't think there's much to say about it, but... Uh, Blizzard announced Overwatch League, which is a kind of like it reminds me a lot of like um, football, yeah, a like of a, a European football league. Of every city can have its own team. Um, you know, they they're yeah. doing the thing about the players, saying that all players have to have a guaranteed income from their team, and they have to have signed yeah. contracts. A lot, that a lot of the rules sound pretty great. Well, for players, yeah. I mean, I. I wouldn't be surprised if this league goes nowhere. Blizzard really needs to court team owners because, like, in any other esport, you could buy a whole team and then basically not pay them because nobody pays their players. Um, Whereas with a Overwatch team, you're obligated to play your to pay your employees and to give them full healthcare benefits and. Um, sign contracts to be like, all right, you're playing for two years and pay them all those two years, even if they start sucking. I mean, so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people are like, you know what? Like, I really want to invest in Overwatch, but I think I'm going to sit out the first round. You guys do it. And then, you know, you get it on the ground floor. I'll, I'll come in later. Well, and then nobody does it. What's even more interesting, though, is I mean, Blizzard doesn't exactly have the best track record when it comes to esports. They do in the sense that what? they have games that are very popular as esports, but they don't have the best track record of how they handle said esports. Go on. Well, I can't necessarily point to any actual data in the sense of like, this is an example of why, this is an example of why. However, I have a few friends who are very big into StarCraft, followed it from Brood Wars, did StarCraft 2. They were very big into the esports scene, at least the one that was there. And Blizzard just kind of has a track record of not being very... Like, a good example is even Hearthstone. A lot of people are very serious. They have multiple multiple tournaments about it. It's a very big scene in the sense of they try and hype it up, and Heroes of the Storm is the same way. 
but the tools that are present within the game don't necessarily lend it to think that they think very hard about what's available to the players. Like the fact that Hearthstone doesn't really have a ladder mode, kind of like how Warcraft used to have, or how Heroes of the Storm, they pushed really hard, but it was really made as a casual game in the sense mm-hmm. of they like hyped it up as like, this is where you can go to get away from the toxicity that is LOL. And then they said, oh, by the way, we also have these esports tournaments, go check them out. It's like, what you can't, that they're very, they, they just can't, they don't mm-hmm. know their identity a lot of the time when it comes to esports they don't really know how to really be like the hyped up people and i think overwatch is a great opportunity for them to redeem that because it's a new ip it's not something that has the baggage around of people remembering how great starcraft one was and now the starcraft two is there even though the tournaments are cool we don't care this isn't this you know like Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of openness in in in, in, inherent in that so that'll be good to see as well so i don't know anything about blizzard's internal structure yeah but i feel like blizzard is the kind of developer that kind of lets the teams that do each game kind of make the decisions on how they want to do stuff right and it may just be that hearthstone and starcraft and um heroes of the storm just didn't don't have people that are like super passionate on their teams about you know esports i think what they came out with with overwatch league shows that they've invested a lot of time and thought effort. and effort into this. And assuming that they're, they've also not just made a really fancy video and put the infrastructure behind it, right. everything they're talking about with the Overwatch League is kind of like the next-gen version. Like This is like a real building block that you can build an esports league off of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Assuming that owners buy into it. Right. But... Starting next fall, they're talking about having, you know, teams. Every any city in the world can have a team and then you play against other teams and you have like a set you have a schedule, like like a real sport where like you play these teams and you travel and you do whatever. Yeah. And like I think the most important thing about whether like what's great about it if it works right. is that that players are signed to contracts. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, Freelance. I'm playing for Envious now. You know, you can't just be like, well, I don't like the way our solo carry is treating me, so I'm going to quit the League of Legends team and, like, wreck the top team in the world. Not that that's happened, but, like, that could, that could happen. I mean, could. I mean, it could still happen, but, but, like, the thing is, like, esports has almost no stability right now. You could be on top of the world, and then you lose two tournaments, and nobody cares about your team anymore, and you don't get any sponsorships, and then all that money dries up. What Blizzard is trying to do is not make everybody a billionaire, but give competitive Overwatch players a a stable income and stability to to do that. Yeah, and I think that's really important. I think it's cool. Yeah, I agree. What about For you? sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Out. Done. He's gone. Shall I go then? I guess. Continuing the BlizzCon theme. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I knew it. Oosh. I could have, could have sworn I heard it like three times. Anyway, okay. Uh, continuing the BlizzCon theme, uh, multiple other announcements were made, some around Diablo 3, some around Heroes of the Storm, some around other things. However, one mm-hmm. of them was around, of course, our other favorite game, Hearthstone. Woo. Woo. Fantastic. Hearthstone just got way more complicated, and I'm oh, yeah, still it, not playing it. The it did. mean streets of gadget sand. It's so dumb. I feel so bad on one hand because I still, like... I still really like Hearthstone, 
every time I think about playing it, I'm really excited, and then I play like one game, remember how bad I am, and then I stop. <laughs> so I think what I really need to do is just get over it and kind of view it as just me having fun, and I'll be fine with it again. But anyway, it's not, not important. This is not the topic. Once Blizzard takes their Overwatch League and extends it to Hearthstone, <laughs> then it, eventually Hearthstone can just be like a regular sport where you love football and you like watching your favorite football teams, but you don't play football. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, I will watch your stream. It'll be fine. He's the only one out of us that has a chance at this shit. <laughs> so, I'm not even good. <laughs> You're much better than we are. Okay. Yeah. So they just had the One Night in Karazhan thing. Still haven't played that. Looked cool. A lot of interesting cards. But they announced, as Ryan said, the Mean Streets of Gadget Sand, which is the new expansion. Not a solo adventure, as far as I can tell. I was trying to double-check that before. But 132-ish new cards. 132, 133, 134. But it's an expansion. Brand new cards. Brand new ideas. And they are actually, as Thomas is saying, they're actually quite... Quite the interesting ideas. I don't know if anyone really kind of read into it so far. I read into it. But I think it's 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 actually, I, like, at first I thought all, just all of the new stuff was the fact that they're like, make Priest great again, essentially. Because <laughs> all of the cards I've seen that have been revealed for Priest are absurd. I've only seen two, and both of them seen? were pretty good, but... What have you seen? The one was a dragon... It was like a five sex dragon. Yeah, did something that was pretty good, but I can't remember what the it was. ones Blue I can think dragon. of offhand. Was it like discover an opponent's card? Yes, or you play like it and you discover an opponent's card out of their deck, so you get a choice of three cards. Yeah, there's also one that's something along the lines of if you have a dragon in your hand, you give a random dragon plus one plus one. There are also three potions that are low mana cost. One of which oh, says, "I do remember the potions." Give all the enemy potions. Mon- minions minus three attack for the turn. Holy shnikes! Deal, I think five or six damage to all non-dragon creatures on the board, all of them. Cool. And then I forget what the third one is, but it's also pretty decent. It's all, it's not there right now, but the absurd one is. And this brings in the new the new mechanic, because, of course, every time something comes out, there's kind of a new focus. There's kind of a new thing. The mean Streets of Gadget Zan's focus is the idea that there are, like, these three warring factions in Gadget Zan. And so each one actually represents three different classes. So every time you get one of those cards, you can include it in a warrior, a paladin, or a, I want to say, hunter? rogue deck or something. Uh-huh. Probably hunter. I don't know. But they're it's... tricolors, and there's three factions. Paladin... Warrior and I want to say it's rogue, probably that would make the most sense. And then you have mage, priest, and warlock, and then you have hunter, probably, and warrior, and someone else, probably. I don't know, hunter, druid, uh, hunter, druid, and 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 someone else, probably. But it's it's the three pairs of the nine heroes or whatever, and so they they can be played in any of those decks. Um, the most absurd card. That was revealed, um, in my opinion, was a legendary that was a tri, you know, tri class card. Mm-hmm. It was for mage, warlock, and priest. And I'm trying to remember if I can pronounce it right, but I think it's like Zarakis or Karazis or something like that. I'm pretty sure it's Zarakis. And it was basically Battle Cry Discover a Custom Spell. Yeah, that dude is dope. Absurd. I don't but did it you has, watch the video. It has a it's it works it's like Reno Jackson though. Yes. Of you, can't you have, have to have unique cards in your deck. <clears throat> so the posts that I were seeing are basically like, okay, Wild just got taken over. I didn't because you're gonna have the a, Reno Zarakis deck, basically. Well, there's <clears throat> there will still be months of like competitive Reno because Oh yeah! Oh yeah! When this goes live, 
this is still Year of the Kraken. Yeah, that so was actually going to be my next comment. And Caracas are will still, still be being ranked. competitive. Well, in standard, standard, whatever, the, whatever the format name is, until early next year, whenever the next, the following expansion comes out, which probably is until like February, March, maybe. Yeah. So that's like so three, four months <laughs> to finish up the overview of Mean Streets of Gadgetland. You have these tri-class cards that are actually very interesting, and I'm actually very... I think it's going to be a great way for them to shake up the fact that they've kind of been... I don't want to say kind of centralized on RNG to a degree up until this point, but they, that's kind of been like where most of the cards have found their bread and butter are the things where the varying effects happen or you discover a mm-hmm. card. Or, you know, you like you don't know what you're going to get. It could change the game or it could make it worse. You never know. At least that's what a lot of people have been saying about mm-hmm. like competitive Hearthstone is like it's always very hard to tell how the game's going to go when you don't know what's going to happen when you play that card. When Nazoth or Yogg-Sron, Yogg-Sron hits the deck, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, so you have these tri-class cards, very interesting in my opinion. It's going to so be cool. So there's the three things: are there's the grimy goons, our hunter, paladin, yeah. warrior. The Jade Lotus is druid, rogue, and shaman, and then Cabal shaman, is mage, priest, and warlock. They're actually, and I think that's actually a pretty cool mechanic. And a lot, a lot of the cards are very interesting as well. Even the ones that are class specific, there's ones, mm-hmm. there's a lot of them about buffing the cards in your hand while things are on the right. field. And it's, it's, I think it's going to be very interesting. But beyond all that, new cards are always great. It's always going to bring about changes. The thing that Ryan was just talking about is actually where I wanted to go with this because it's been interesting to see how the standard and the wild formats are going with Hearthstone and to see how that's treating everyone. Because obviously like we were talking, I think at the last time we even recorded was the fact that when all of these cards that are like at the cusp rotate out, the meta is just going to blow up in the sense of no one's going to know what the heck is going on because a lot of very, very core cards are going to leave. And I was under the assumption that this, expansion was going to move things forward like that basically just like how the other trading card games work that aren't digital when a new expansion comes out the previous expansion that's the latest whatever or the oldest gets out of rotation at least that's how i thought it worked but apparently i've read that today literally hour uh, 15 minutes before i left to work today that it was not in fact moving that forward it was the fact that they, uh, they're going on that yearly that. cycle so it's, it's once a year. Yeah, they, it's literally the, the the fact that this is the year of the Kraken. That year is literal in the sense of once it hits around February or whatever it was that they announced it, that will be when the set changes. So they mm. could announce two or three expansions in a year, and those will actually be within that year. And as it moves so forward, the, the previous everybody's year like the thing that it seems like they're going to be doing is it's going to be a expansion solo solo expansion. Expansion solo expansion expansion mm-hmm. solo, per expansion, year basically per year of like there'll be two expansions and in 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 the middle a solo mode um, and that's going to be the yearly cycle of uh, the the way it's going to be rather than there was kind of like expansion solo expansion solo expansion solo and they're like okay we did that and we can't keep doing all these solo modes. <laughs> So yeah. we're going to do less of that and more expansions where we can just sell you a bunch of cards. Mm-hmm. Which right. which on one hand you can think is like them just trying to make money. But on the other hand, I would argue it's I probably like cards better. more than expansions. Exactly. And it's it's also probably I mean, harder. More than single player. 
Yeah, but it's also probably hard for them to come up with something. No, I I agree. That's like, like really into the lore and something mm-hmm. that's not totally crazy and something that makes sense and the ways that and you get cards that aren't just super dope, but at the same time are decent mm-hmm. because they don't want people to literally pay fifteen dollars to get so many cards for free after they per- do certain things and then that's basically like there's the meta. Hope you bought the expansion or hope you bought the solo adventure, whereas. The expansion is at least just buying packs, you know, like yeah. you at least just get those cards. No, I get it. And like I think the the especially the most recent one in that like the original ones were kind of like followed like an actual story that right. like made sense in like wow terms of yeah. like you were going through essentially a dungeon. Like Nax. where like one night in Karazan it's was just somewhat based on a raid, but at the same time, the like, <laughs> it was just like, we're going to give you like really cool, unique fights yeah. that are just fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and in no way, like, we'll shape the meta, like the cards might, but like, we'll just give you like crazy, insane fights and you have to do like super weird things. Yeah. Like, you get to make super one-off decks. Um, and it was really fun. And like, it was cool to do that about the different the different fights and the different things that you had. For um, sure. But yeah, it definitely makes a lot more sense and it's a lot easier for them to just be like, oh, well, just if if you just buy packs with gold and like it, it is difficult to say like, well, if you want to get these cards, you have to do like you have to not only buy this, but then you have to beat certain like. You yeah, have, it's not like you just you have the to cards. do certain things and then you get the cards. Yeah, exactly. Um, and even then, there's still the heroic challenges, which some people might not be net decking or something for. So that's even more difficult. Well, the heroic, like for completing the heroic t- challenge, you only get a card back. Like you don't actually. Oh, the class. I'm thinking of the class challenges. Excuse the me. The class, challenges. which they give you decks for that. Yeah. Never mind. Yep. Never mind. But I, I don't know. I, just, it was very surprising to learn that they weren't moving the the. the I don't know what the right word is. The year counter or whatever the heck they want uh-huh. for getting the expansions out. That they weren't moving that forward. And honestly, I was kind of relieved to hear that because I didn't even ha- I hadn't even heard that that's their new strategy because that sounds great. Mm-hmm. I think they're finally kind of finding some footing in this new idea that they're trying to separate the ranked and separate the casual and make sure that people can still use those cards. Because in all the other trading card games that I know about that I still know people that play, there's so many formats that people know about, so many things that you can go to tournaments for. And mm-hmm. especially in a digital way, it's very easy, in my opinion, to support those. I think they just need to figure out what those formats mm-hmm. are, how they're going to work, how they can present them, just like how Overwatch just redid Quick Play with Arcade. I hope that Hearthstone continues to give start giving people more options. Because mm-hmm. the Tavern Brawl is fun, and it's a good weekly experience, but... Wouldn't it be great if you could choose the Tavern Brawl or if you just had a playlist where every game they just gave you a different deck kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so well, much Well, Jeff more. Kaplan can't work on every game. Well, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, there's just so much more they could do. And I, th- I hope it continues. But mm-hmm. at the very least, a lot of the new cards seem like they're kind of going back to this idea of not necessarily RNG and not necessarily a waste, yeah. but kind of making it a thoughtful game. That's the big thing that I've taken away from the cards so far is like, there are some RNG elements in some of the cards yeah, and like yeah, yeah. discovering and different things like that. Or like give some a but random like, minion something or something. There's there's no RNG that completely ruins the game like Yogg-Saron or Doctor Seven. And I mean Doctor Seven isn't RNG. That was just like an, an it was just how how yeah how bad card. was it gonna be? Um, and everything that like I really liked the fact that the. Th- like the main theme that they seem to be embracing in the cards that they've shown so far is this idea of like 
play this and then this buffs the cards in your hand of like play this Start gives like there's one card that's like a, a two mana one one and it gives out a one card in one minion in your hand plus one plus one yeah but there's like a four mana three three paladin card that's that like gives. gives every minion in your hand plus one plus one mm. or there's like a hunter card that's like give a Beast, beast plus, plus one, one plus one. one so like i really like that i think that's a, a an easy mechanic for them to implement um that doesn't necessarily break the game it encourages different play styles exactly um <clears throat> and Ho- hopefully we keep seeing different play styles instead yeah of just like i i obviously like the fact that it seems like they're they're going out of their way to help priests um i think they finally realized that like priest was this just jumbled mess and they're embracing the fact of like okay priest needs to like we're just gonna shove dragon priest down your throat and we're gonna make dragon peace priest like oh yeah good yeah where it's like <laughs> people like want to play dragon priest because like like dragon priest is the one deck that i play pretty much because i like it and like i i want it to work and like dragon priest is a deck of like if everything works right, yeah. you can roll people oh, yeah. hard, but it has to be an extremely specific set of circumstances. Uh-huh. And like, I think what they're doing is they're giving you more win conditions, which is obviously like other decks have so many win conditions where Paladin has like a very specific set of like, you have to get this, you have to get this, you have to get this. Mm-hmm. And if you get... If you hit the trifecta, if you hit the four magic cards in a row and you can... If you can mana cost out, if you can go two, three, four, five, six, all the way up, like you can roll people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but you, it's just so mm-hmm. and so yeah. unpredictable. I mean, Mean Streets looks cool. The tri class cards I thought was a little awkward. I I'm not sure if I necessarily like it as much as when I first heard about it. Um Right now, they haven't really shown that many tri class cards. I think I think um, that's the real. I think that's deal a, right a real thing that's. Is, that'll be interesting to see in the end is how many like I get that there's this idea of these three gangs and like it fits the theme of what they're going for. I I was somewhat worried that like the whole like every card was going to be in this gang. Uh-huh. It doesn't seem like there's actually that many cards that are going to be. In the I game. think there's only about six or maybe ten that are mm. in like so about thirty possibly. So eternal, like if total. they say there if each if they said there's like 132 cards. If like 30 total, so like there's three gangs, each gang gets yeah. like 10 cards. Yeah. I think that's probably right. I was worried that like 80 cards were going to be in yeah. these gangs and it'd just be mm-hmm. like this super com- complicated, like, confusing thing. It'd be because I I felt I was worried that like there'd be there'd be these gangs and they're supposed to work across, across these three classes, but then there'd be one class that would dominate the other classes yeah. of like mm-hmm. the cards synergize the best with mage. Let, so like so everyone, all these cards are only good with mage and like then priest and uh, the demon whoever. guy. Warlock. Warlock. Warlock <laughs> um, would just be like completely destroyed or like hunter would get all the cards. So then I think Warrior honestly looking at the tri class cards, 
they seem fairly versatile in the sense of like they will just kind of help. Mm. <clears throat> it's not necessarily that they need something else. Like they don't need a dragon. They don't need a beast. Those are class specific cards when it comes down to that. But they they're pretty generic in the sense of give something plus one plus one. Give yeah. you a spell. The discover only, something. The only tri class <clears throat> card that's really like stood out of like whoa is the the legendary that you were talking exactly. about Caracas Which, or whatever. Oh my god. Did Which, you see like, the options that you could get and stuff yes. like that? Yeah, well so I didn't understand how it was going to work until I watched the video. Uh-huh. The 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 only thing I have to add to this topic Yeah, go for it. was that I thought it was really funny Taylor that you talked about well, you said what you really like about this expansion is that they're getting away from the uh the devastating RNG. Yeah. But you also said your favorite character is or totally your favorite card RNG. is like totally devastating RNG. RNG. You have to go through like three it's levels of RNG. RNG though, because like the first thing that pops up is it, it works somewhat in the discover mechanic. So you play Caracas, and the first thing that is. pops up is you choose one mana, five mana, mana, or ten mana. And uh-huh. so you choose that as like that will be the mana that the spell is. And so then there's a pool of eight things options and you'll get to pick three of them two well you get to pick you pick two of the eight but you get three every time yeah so you get three options so it'll show you three options and you pick one and then it'll show you a different three and you pick another one and then then there's different varying like so one of the options is like draw a card and if you pick the once mana spell, it's draw one card. If you pick the five mana, it's draw two spell or two cards. And if it's the ten mana, it's draw three mm-hmm. cards. Or there's one that's like deal eight dam or one of them's deal damage to enemy minions. Yeah. And so like the, the one mana varies. is one damage. The two mana or the five mana is three damage, and the ten mana is six damage. Mm-hmm. So like. There is RNG in the fact that, like, you're not guaranteed, like, to be able to set up a specific combination spell every time. But it's still going to um, be a bit of a game changer. Three cards is a big deal. Dealing that much damage to a lot of minions is a big deal. There's another one that I think is, like, summon, like, summon three creatures of yours that died this game or something like that. That's a pretty big deal. Like, I think... I, you're right, though, that it's funny that I'm trying to say, like, they should get away from RNG, but it's so cool that there's RNG. It's, well, RNG is what makes Hearthstone so much fun. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it, it hurts the competitive scene, but it's also on the other... Like, they have to balance it out. Of like, It's got to it, be fun. The, it's it awesome be, to see exactly. Yogs are on decks. They're so... They're fun. Yeah, they're hysterical to watch. Mm, not really. I mean, I think it's kind of funny. But at the same time, I don't know. Yogg-Saron and Krakus are two very different animals, in my opinion. I, I would like, agree with you. Yogg-Saron takes literally no skill of, like, you just play a shitload of spells, and you're like, oh, the other guy has me, like, at lethal. Let's just throw this random card, <coughs> Miracle and mage. I might just win. Like, I might pyroblast you twice I don't deserve to win this match. And I'm gonna play this one card, and like I might just randomly win. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Where Caracas is a very specific like Reno decks of like Reno Jackson seems like this very OP car- overpowered card, and it is if you can successfully pull it off. And you but, have like, to have a deck that's unique. And if your a lot strategy of is like I'm gonna use 30 unique cards, like everybody's like, oh, Reno Mage is gonna be so, like so sick. Like it has all these spells. Like it has 30 worthwhile cards. Reno Mage will work. Reno Mage doesn't exist in competitive Hearthstone. 
because it's hard to get combinations like, going. It's hard to keep any sort of role. You can be like, oh, well, he'll just take me down to like two mana, and then I'll just play Reno. Well, what if you don't get Reno? Yeah. What if you have Reno in your hand from the beginning, and like it's completely useless because they mm-hmm. burn you down so quickly? Yeah. Like, is what it is. It's it's it it's very unique card. Um, it's it's a cool card. I'm definitely gonna try to make a Caracas Reno Mage and see, <laughs> see what works. happens. But I don't know. Mean Streets looks cool. I'm excited yeah. for it to come out. It looks really. They cool. already have put out, or they just put out. I saw the thing where it's like the 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 pack deal or whatever by pre. Yeah, uh, they're like forty bucks for fifty or, packs yeah, or something. Yeah, whatever it is. So. Did you buy it yet? <laughs> I haven't. Not yet. <laughs> I agree. It's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Be I vote for Ryan. Me too. What? <laughs> well, that was fast. That was fast. All right. What are you going to do about it? Just say adios. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's only four mana.